the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to a Daylight Saving Time edition of the Minnesota Football Show. <laughs> we are currently coming to you either earlier or later, right? We've like, it's like literally, you know, we are in our own in our own uh, timeline. Like we can determine what time it is and not. And I wouldn't want to. I, I, if I were to choose, like you know, that kind of like my own timeline and type of thing, I would, I would, of course, choose these two wonderful human beings with my co-host Eric and Bridget. How are you guys doing today? Aww. nicely done, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> doing you know, well, have, doing well. I had to pull the curtains because there's this giant ball of light kind of thing. I know, right? Like right like, in the corner of the window, right now. Never like, had this problem. Like, yeah, it's like the end of the earth type of thing. You're like, oh. <laughs> It's like all those, all those, all those uh, Bruce Willis movies where like the the Earth is gonna get hit by an asteroid and then somehow we get we get the blowing the glowing light out of out of nowhere. No, it's been sunny like these last couple of days. And it's yeah, it's great. nice. So, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, my my big news news is uh, we we went to our first live concert in twenty seven months. Not that anybody's counting. <laughs> counting, lots of counting. Um, it was phenomenal. It was great. And I feel energized. It was great to see Marisa Monchi, really, really famous MIPB, uh, Brazilian artist, packed state theater. The, the Cedar produced it, but, you know, not nearly a big enough venue. Uh, they probably quadrupled what the Cedar's capacity would have been. The state was pretty close to sold out. Um, phenomenal. She's been a huge part of uh, both my wife and I's lives, like, since we started dating to, to the marriage to present i I really don't know if you remember now but i actually played two of her songs the ceremony we have her lyrics inscribed on our wedding bands so i mean that i did not know yeah that wedding band she's kind of of the uh the the soundtrack of the romance (laughs) so did you turn into a groupie and like take off some of your undergarments and throw it onto the stage at the end or no (laughs) that that is that is a yeah, I was gonna say that's more of a strictly Roberto Carlos kind of thing. So no. Yeah. If Roberto Carlos is singing, I probably might do that too. I'd be like, "Here's my pair of oh, my pair of boxers. Here, take them." I, I will say this though, she had some amazing live costume changes. I think I counted four. Oh, um, wow. Yep the the only artist I've seen do more than that, and I, I don't think I'll ever see a, a musician beat that record. Her record is Bjork. And as you can imagine, Bjork, like at least six, maybe eight throughout like an hour and a half, two hour show. It was incredible. And the swan came out because, of course, it did. Because, of course. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, you know, um, you you get to experience that. I'm I'm happy. It was great. So that's great. Yes. Thank you. Um, I went to the uh, Blackheart for like literally this is how much of an introvert I am. I went to literally for I want to say less than an hour to uh, congratulate uh, Wes on his on his fortieth, and I can't believe he's forty. He's like 
eight <laughs> feet taller than me, and he I'm still older than him. So, so I'm gonna use that to my advantage now. Every time I'm gonna be like, like, um, like Cartman in in uh, in South Park, respect my authority. I'm gonna push mm-hmm. it everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw Bruce is uh, um, apparently uh, Zeller is, is, is does not have any facial hair, and it just it's scary. When did uh, that happen? That's weird. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's been I a while because while, but when, whenever we recorded that that Dave's show it was probably two months ago. He was he was already clean shaven then. Jeez, I told him not to yeah. not to shave ever again. That's he does it every once in a while, and it's always kind of a surprise. Maybe it's because he's yep. now a coach what? and he thinks he needs to be like clean shaven, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. So um, as you know, Como Soccer uh, they do this volunteer thing at the rec centers, right? And um, it happened and coincided uh, at the same time that Zeller and baby and Ragnar, I can't call him baby Ragnar anymore, but Ragnar uh, are beginning to do, I think, U4 or U6 soccer. Right. And so um, and apparently Zeller's Zeller's uh, co-coach or the other person that coaches the other team, like had um, some sort of eye surgery and couldn't make it. And then I was like, I told and as Zeller's telling me the story. I'm like, wait, you were in charge to to in charge of over 20 little Ragnars running around. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden Impressive. your kids showed up and they took over and I didn't have to do anything. It, it was glorious. Nice. I just like to remind Zeller that Como, Como, Como Schools does this every year. I don't think Central does. So there you go. Um, quick tangent something. before we get going. Speaking of the clean shaven thing. Um, you guys know who Marius Yahoo is, right? The singer, reggae, Jewish singer, and like his whole thing. Like for a while, there yeah, was like, he's got like a big the, old beard, right? That's right, the traditional Hasid thing. So yeah, long yeah. beard, the hat, the the clothes, the whole thing. Like when I saw him, like that was the thing. So Bogo Bordello had a huge um, Ukrainian benefit thing because, of course, like Hoots and like a third of the band, they're all Ukrainian, and then and they invited a whole bunch of artists to join them, and they raised I don't know like close to a million dollars, I think, to in aid and things like that. It's pretty awesome. But anyway, they Marisiao, who was one of the the special guests they brought up on stage. And I kept scrolling through the photos and I'm like, where is he? I see the name, but and I know, you know, Patty Smith was in there. There's really big artists that, that joined them. Clean shaven and a man bun. Didn't recognize him at all. Wow. Totally different human. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are people we can't um yeah. Just associate with that. Just like Weird Al in his in his weird locks, like long locks. I can't <laughs> see Weird Al without that. Yep. So whenever he cut his hair, I was like, "Who are you?" Yep. So. Yep. All right, Rodrigo, we can get this thing moving. So, uh, starting off the local stuff, Minneapolis City, a a fun battle that we'd love to see the academy versus the senior team, and then having that nice. Uh, confluence between the two, like we talked about with uh, Coach Matt. Uh, you guys can go back and listen to that previous episode. Really, really awesome uh, interview with him. Super excited for this season. But anyway, the Minneapolis City Futures versus the Minneapolis City Senior Team. Take it away. Yeah, so they were able to scrimmage, and like I think that's, that's you know we all talked about it off air. I think that's a, that's an awesome opportunity, not only for the young ones. Um, to be able to play, but but for the seniors to also make the the senior team to make that connection as to, you know what I mean, what the futures uh, futures are, are are meant to be doing, right? I mean, eventually some of these futures want to be able to be make that senior team, and so I think 
it, it's it's great to to be able to have an opportunity like this, and I'm hopefully more of these show up. But you know, the senior team won eight one, and so I mean, it's not you know like it wasn't expected for them to succeed. But the one good thing that we talked about when Coach Matt was here, and we talked about uh, who was a player to watch that I wanted to watch more of, and it was. Uh, Mutu and Mutu was able to uh, be the one sole future who scored that goal, so um, uh, I'm happy and, and I wish they hopefully they'll release more highlights. But I mean, it's a it's a good pre preseason type of thing before they get they get going on and and go meet the uh, I want to call them Dennis the Menace, but you know Des Moines Menace, you know <laughs> Des Moines Menace. Oh, oh that's really good. I, I really like that actually. That is the Menace. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, nice. so so we'll see how that works out. But no, uh, I I wish they release more highlights. But you know they're also releasing um, what their senior teams will look like, right? And I think they've uh, announced players on their on their Twitter feed who are coming back to play for the futures. I mean for the senior team. So yeah, so that should be really cool. Looking forward to to see you know specifically now that on this Sunday is going to be like forty plus degrees, and the whole next week feels like. You know, we finally lifted. We're going to do it in a lot of speedo, melting, so. speedo weather. Get them out. I know. <laughs> I know. Patreon content, right? Post, post, post Eric and that speedo on the Patreon content. Hey, I'm sure go. we'll lose power. Park, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or gain, unfortunately. Probably not the ones we want to get. Um, anything to add there, Bridget? No. Let's, let's hop to a quick recap of some of the things from last week. And mostly I'm bringing Austin into Miami up. For the simple reason, it was another huge Austin win, another five-goal win, 5-1 to one over Inter-Miami. But the narrative here for us is a man named Ethan Finley scores a brace, some sweet, sweet goals. And when you take his two goals, plus Calvo's two goals, plus Gregos' two assists, you're talking about three former MNUFC players in the span of 24 hours that put up four goals, two assists, which is just just an amazing own of Adrian Heath. I think that these guys get released and are doing all this awesome stuff with other teams and other coaching staff. So right. put and it I in think, my veins. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, if there was any expansion team that resembles anything like Minnesota, I think it's Austin, right? I think it's the closest, you know, they haven't really like been the Atlanta type who like, you know, the Scooch McDug uh, meme of, of swimming in golden coins type of thing where they just open up the pockets and buy whoever else they want. Right. Same with Inter Miami in that type of sense. Right. And then they've, you know, little by little, they've been building a good squad and I, um, and Ethan Finley fits in perfectly in there. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they have, how that works out for them. And, you know, uh, we'll talk later on because, you know, it, uh, Austin played two really bad teams and creamed them. And they were, were scheduled to play Portland, and we'll talk about how that ended up. But one of the funny things is, is I think Inter Miami is going to, um, I don't know, like it's going to get it, it, this. There's need to be some big changes. I'm pretty sure that if we are four or five games in, and still no wins, um, I'm pretty sure the that the uh, who's the coach again is the British guy, right? This is the yeah, uh, Neville. Yeah, Neville. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, you're trying to steer have- away from my from my anti MNUFC FO and coaching staff narrative. 
<laughs> I just think it's extremely damning, and I love it so much. Well, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing when it's against other teams, but we'll see how they do when they come here. Oh um, yeah, baby. Now I'm really and excited. We, for and that. we'll see that the next home match is actually San Jose, so we'll see Greg Goose and Calvo back here uh, soon. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. But I mean, I I think it's it's more damning in that. Heath couldn't find a way to use them and they <clears throat> have that potential unlocked elsewhere. I mean, uh, right. so it's, I mean, it's his system, not so much that he released these guys, but that, you know, someone couldn't else knows how to use them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. Um, LAFC and Portland tied one, one, uh, Yumi Charo, once again, it, it wasn't like a perfect bike. This one was a little bit sloppier, but nonetheless, he pulls a good half bike goal so i mean you're talking about two spectacularly acrobatic goals in two weeks which is man if he can keep that rolling this is going to be a, a highlight reel of a year for that guy he's getting his playing time with the Colombian national team but it's good to be able to see him just do stuff that you know we know he can do and i like i, I you know two bicycle kicks are always fun to watch so Right. So at this point, is is that just like the kind of the mo? Like if if there's a through ball or or a, or a cross coming in, he's like, you know, I could head that, but I'm just going to turn my back and 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 see what I can get out of this, just just to make well, this, the highlight real and keep it going. <laughs> I mean, the second one, it was like you said, it was kind of sloppy, and that was because it it wasn't a good chance, and yeah. I think he it was kind of a last resort, and he tried that, and I think he was just as surprised as anybody that it. Right in and paid off. Well, I mean, you know, this is the advantage of being short. You have <laughs> less space to turn your body around, and like yeah. you can work with less space, and let's you know that. And then, yeah, no one like else if, could get to it. But he yeah, could. I mean, if mm-hmm. it was Boxy trying to do that, he probably hit the ball with his knee, right? I mean, Shara <laughs> just he's he's had a couple. I, I specifically remember a couple box all bike attempts. <laughs> I'm sure he has but attempts. Yes, yeah. I think that's attempts. the point. <laughs> that's the keyword. Yeah. Keyword. Yep. I don't, I don't know. Um, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to move to the U S men's and national team. This is brutal news that McKinney is out with that broken foot for, do we, do we have a specific time? I mean, we're talking about months at the very least. That's going to take a long well, time. I mean, he's done so, with um, the Serie A or this correct. Oh, I mean, um, Italian league. So that's gotta be so probably two months Four. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Two to three Oof. months at least. He was partying with the LAFC supporters, and it was cool to see. But I mean, that's that's kind of brutal in terms of the the timeline for U.S. men's and national team qualifying. That's a, that's a big loss. Yeah, I mean, they play Mexico, and then yeah, that's going to be a big one. So Mom's going to have to step up. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if, if Kellen Acosta gets gets to gets to play somewhat of that role. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is just a. A wild and crazy one and not terribly surprising, but uh, you hate to see it type of thing. Uh, Bridget, take it away. We got some <laughs> stuff coming out of the loyal with uh, January 6th insurrection. Good times. Yeah, so they announced and I'll see if I can get through this without losing my voice again. Um, so they announced that they've picked up Andrew Carlton uh, from Atlanta Academy. Um, he Young player, good player. Um, unfortunately, he does have, you know, if you do a quick scroll of Twitter, you'll find that he was at the rally on January 6th. 
Um, does he have some opinions, Bridget? Will you say some opinions? Oh, he he sure does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was definitely not at the rally by accident. If you look at some of the things that he has said, uh, some of the first defenses of him was well we don't have pictures of him at the capitol he was just at the rally because you know um anyway so the club instantly gets a lot of flack for announcing the signing um and they did issue a statement saying quote andrew carlton understands the opportunity in front of him and acknowledges his mistakes from the past he's excited to be a part of this community represent the values of our club and help bring a championship home to San Diego. Uh, quick refresher of those values of the club. Um, they have walked off the pitch in games in which there was racial abuse. Um, they've walked off the pitch in case of homophobic abuse in defense of Colin Martin. Um, their Black Lives Matter jersey last year sold amazingly well. Um, their supporters group, the locals, uh, issued their own statement, uh, very much like what the club put out. Uh, they said loyal has consistently acted to uphold their values and club culture above any individual or even results on the field. We're fiercely defensive of the club's crest and Andrew's past off field behavior raises concern. Um, that he would not take the, to heart the inclusive and loving spirit of San Diego. However, we recognize those previous transgressions and mistakes also leave Andrew with room to grow and mature. Uh, they are encouraged by the club's confidence in him, um, and they will hold him to that standard. Uh, we welcome Andrew to the loyal organization, and we hope he takes full advantage of the potentially transformative opportunity to write the next chapter of his career here in San Diego. Huh. That's interesting. That's, so, a, that's quite the gamble. Yeah. Um, and if you, right. if you're looking for, uh, a little depressing entertainment on this fine Sunday, which you probably just shouldn't go, go outside instead, but, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can, you can scroll through some of the comments on their, their tweet announcing the signing. Um, and you'll find that, uh, the QAnon folks who have Ooh. no interest in soccer ever before are now staunch supporters of San Diego loyal. Oh um, no. So yeah. Well, here's here's uh, a funny in in some of those you always find gems of, of satire and funniness and there's this tweet that I, I'll read about that like makes me laugh. Um so it goes, "Hi. I'm Andrew Carlton of the San Diego Loyal announcing our new partnership with ADT Security. I encourage you to stop the steal and sign up for our new auto monitoring package." <laughs> Good. There have been some some great Photoshop works of the new. I mean, they just released their their new kit last week, um, and it's a nice kit. Uh, their their front of shirt sponsor is, uh, I think, a brewery in San Diego, um, and there's a bunch of Photoshop deals uh, where they put in uh, all of the typical like QAnon and Trump associated businesses um mm. i think there was one for like that mentioned the kkk or something it was bad but um, get, get, get some uh minnesota my pillow up up in there <laughs> that's awesome right 
I can't wait to see Andrew Carlton and my pillow guy do like my pillow, my pillow advertising. But you know, there's also the the locals, which is this independent supporter group for for the loyals, and yeah. they also put out a statement that. similar to what San Diego said, right? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I think their their statements with like we welcome Andrew to the loyal organization, and we hope he takes full advantage of the potentially transformative opportunity to write the next chapter of his career with us here in this in San Diego, right? Potentially it's a, it's transformative. Such a risk. I don't. I mean. After everything we know about this club, this is that is this is so risky. Like even from like a a brand like capitalistic standpoint, I, I don't know if they realize what they're doing. This is a that's a tightrope. You want me to read the whole statement? Because I, I found uh, it. Bridget so. Bridget already covered it. She, okay. she read a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, I hit that locals one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I paraphrased. It's, it's, sorry, I was it just seems I, I don't I don't understand it from like a business standpoint. It just seems so freaking risky. What are I you don't doing? know. I mean, they weren't either Miguel Ibarra didn't want to play with them anymore or they didn't want to bring him back. But I, I thought Miggy was going to stay a loyal for a long time. That was my gut feeling. Yeah, I think I mean, he's he's trying to get an MLS deal. And I, I think he was looking for for more and different. Um, yeah, I mean, he he obviously enjoyed his time there and spoke highly of them. I don't think Is it was Donovan there. still a coach. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, well, there's we'll, been, yeah, there's been like no change to the UFO or anything. So we'll pay attention and kind of see how this rolls out because it just, man, why, why play with fire? It I mean, yeah, you're, me. I mean, the the big sponsors probably aren't going to change, but there were obviously quite a few who, you know, hitched their carts to them in terms of you know the anti-homophobic and anti-racist. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, responses I don't know. that are. Probably, I mean, they've got to be looking at. Yes, that's what I was going to say. They got to be looking at what happened in Portland and just be like guys hello oh portland's even a bigger mess oh my god i'm sure that, yeah that's a whole other... that's a whole different thing we if we want to touch about it just a little bit it's, apparently there's a report out there that uh that they pretty much suggestively pressured uh andy polo's partner into not trying to press charges and they would and then and then some there's I don't audio know who it was there's, there's audio, audio where you hear oh, it no. and you're like wow so, yeah, it was someone you know. someone from the FO saying, "Look, if if you don't press charges, we'll that would be a good thing. <laughs> it's better oh for goodness. all of us if it's you just don't talk about this." Right. Um, yeah, so that would I mean, explain it, all the recent momentum on the Merritt Paulson thing about exactly yes, and okay. that's and that'll also explain uh, there. They, so we talked about last season them using the red and pink smoke. Yep. Um, they have completely done away with their green smoke for goals and they're now just doing purple before match drink goals for mm. everything. So, right. um, what a mess. yeah, it's, it's a volatile a situation in terms of, you know, the supporters, uh, season ticket holders, uh, they can't keep running from it at this point. Wow. I'm sure they'll try, but yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Whew. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and do a little wrap of yesterday. We, um, we can go through this pretty quickly. NYCFC gets a pretty big win, 4-1 over Montreal. Columbus 2-1 over Toronto. Uh, LAFC 2-0 over Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami just in free fall. What a, what a mess there as well. Uh, more just you, you on the to, playing side. I want to hear a really weird theory, okay? Mm, go for it. So if um, here's my like boldest theory ever that probably will never happen. If Cruz Azul wins the wins the CCL, right? 
then Inter Miami will hire the Peruvian coach from Kusasu, and then all the Peruvian players in the MLS will do the LeBron and just switch to Inter Miami, and then Inter Miami will become a powerhouse. There you go. You heard it here first. Mark it. <laughs> um, Big Fox had a had a really fun match with. I, I knew it was going to be entertaining just with these two teams, Seattle hosting LA Galaxy, and it did not disappoint. It was it was a really fun one. Uh, early Chicharito goal in the sixth minute, just woo, smoking Tiki Taka. I think I counted at least five one touches before it just lands for him one v one to just slot it. I mean, it was like it was straight like. 2004 Guardiola stuff. It was really pretty. And, and Seattle just didn't know what hit them. Like they just were, they were sleeping just totally asleep. Um, but then it just kind of took off from there. They, you know, they got, they found their footing and got back into the game. 16, uh, 60 minute Jordan Morris gets his first goal of the year in a long time. I'd say I put over a year since recovering from the energy uh, injury. Um, world on yeah, my, my auto correct is once again, making funny words. Uh, Roldan had a sweet, sweet uh, assist on that one. And it was kind of a garbage goal because he, he kind of hit it on the ground as there was like bodies all over the place, but you know, goals a goal. That was uh, Morris's first goal in MLS since the injury. He scored one in the champions, champions league. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I was just really impressed with the speed of LA galaxy. This, this new backline midfield and, and those, those wings and, uh, and fullbacks. I think this team is going to just run circles around Minnesota United. They are very, very fast. Yeah, this is a real deal, huh? A, a familiar name. <laughs> yep. Some some guy named Edwards is just tearing things up. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, 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 I, I love that he landed there and they just let him loose. Yep. Like, that is the perfect description. Yeah. And because, like, he's, his thing has always been going forward. Sure, he's not mm-hmm. the greatest passer, right? And 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 this game proved that a lot, uh, and most of it when he was like trying to get balls and he just passed it the wrong side. But when he gets into that open space to run, mm-hmm. dear lord, yeah, that There's was speed. That was his over. power here. I mean, when yep. when he'd come on as a super sub, that's exactly what he could do. Uh, yeah, and they're just like unlocking all- that for right. longer chunks of time. Yep, correct. And then- correct. All Ch- all Chicharito has to do is kind of like keep up with them and just kind of stay central and like it's going to come to him so it's just like as yeah. long as he's running with them there's going to be trouble i mean you, you look at that left side because i think he played on the left side right because he is he, he connects with uh, alvarez yeah. yep. and right there i mean if those two figure it out dear lord i mean all, yep. all all he has to do is give alvarez the ball and then alvarez creates his own space and we like he's like like if alvarez doesn't I don't know. He, I think he's going to have a great year, and, I, and that's yep. one of the things. And I'm really happy. Uh, right bef- yeah, totally. Right before halftime, uh, there's a there's a PK Araujo gets a, has a foul in the box, so Montero takes it. Uh, so we go to halftime two to one with Galaxy, or rather with uh, Seattle in the lead. But then right when the half starts, like two minutes in, uh, uh, Douglas Co- Douglas Costa gets his first goal in MLS. I don't know if you guys saw this one. It was hitting the highlight reels. Beautiful free kick. I thought it nice, went up nice somebody. Girl. Ah, hmm. I thought it was a deflection sure. more than anything, but I mean possible. It was it was let cool, him score. Yeah, that's cool. fine. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. Um, and then it was more just kind of back and forth. There was there was a little bit of ebb and flow, but it, it seemed for a good 15 minute chunk that they, everybody was just gonna be content on on ending this thing in a tie. Uh, and then 72nd minute, Ariaga 
again, Roldan doing his, doing the thing that he does with these amazing, amazing assists, just a sweet, sweet cross, um, puts it in, not going to miss that. And we should mention, um, Alvarez, that's, that's the, the kid, right? He's like 16 years old, something like that. He's yeah. I think he's 18. If not, yeah. If not lower. Yeah. But he's a kid. Gosh, he, the confidence and the, just the vision on this kid, like he, he hit the post twice, twice with almost the same spot and same play. So, I mean, yeah, Seattle wins. That's your final score three, two. But I mean, if either of those would have gone in, this would have been the, <laughs> the galaxy. So it was, it was a very entertaining match. Well, let's put it this way. Cause we tend to um, give up space right above the 20 yard line for a player to either send a cross in and, or do that. If we give Efrain Alvarez that much space, <laughs> he's yes. gonna he's gonna posterize Miller every chance yep. he gets. Because yep. uh, one of those shots that he took against Seattle, it literally hit the post almost in the same spot he hit uh, he hit it against uh, Charlotte, except it mm-hmm. bounced out. So like it's literally like that's it. Like he has he knows that spot. He goes that spot's yes. mine. I'll take it every time he gets them. And I'm hoping that. When we do play them, that we don't give them that spot because that spot, he's just he's just going to take it every time. I was just thinking, can you imagine the confidence of a however old he is, 16, 18 year old, like running alongside Chicharito and having Chicharito be your mentor? I mean, that's that's got to be incredible. And I just love watching Chicharito reaction to goals. Like he's like he he like he or like when he gets frustrated or like when like somebody else is supposed to score and he does they don't score. He's just like. The emotion in his face and the anger, and then like two seconds later, he's like patting someone's back. It's okay, we go yep. all gang up. But yep. yeah, that passion you can't you can't pass it up. So it's great to right. see that. Yeah, I think I think both these teams are gonna be serious thorns in Minnesota United's side. <laughs> like they they both look very very good. It was it was fun to watch. Um, what else we got? So we had Houston got a. I think this is this is their first win, two to one over Vancouver. Uh, Chicago gets a 2-0 win over D.C. Uh, surprising one here, Salt Lake uh, over New England in the snow in New England, uh, 3-2. That was a comeback, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, there were a yeah. lot of games that I recall that at least two games that were playing with the orange ball, right? Chicago yeah, was one of ball. them. So, yeah. Yeah, and Chicago, by, D.C., and then Salt Lake Rebs. Right. Just just to clarify, uh, Efrain Alvarez is 19 now. Sorry. 19. We, we, okay. Yeah. 2002. I mean, right? he, he's still pretty young. He's still a kid. He's still, <laughs> he's still a kid. A kid. Like, yeah, like, yes. Yes. It's like afraid uh, Alvarez is, is doing babysitting somewhere out there right now to <laughs> overcompensate to get to you know. babysitting Chicharito's kids. Yes, right. Probably. <laughs> Chicharito's like, hey. I will give you this goal, but you yep. got to watch my kids. We got to watch my kids. That's right. <laughs> the fine print in the contract. Um, Orlando hosted Cincinnati, and look at this, everybody. Cincinnati gets a win. What? Two to one over Orlando. I didn't see these highlights. Did you catch any of this? This was, I, you know, I had all these random players in my head to head fantasy team, and I dumped them all because they had all lost the last two games, mm-hmm. and all of them scored or won or oh, <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Well, good on them. Well, it's uh, um, Philadelphia. Was it Brandon Vasquez that got the brace? I think that's who it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm happy for them. Like, yeah, Cincinnati is the butt of all MLS soccer jokes, and like, it's good to beat Orlando. You know, you know, it's it's a big deal. So, 
I mean, yeah, at present, right now, they have more points than Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Philly goes 2-0 over San Jose. Dallas gets a pretty big one, 2-0 over Nashville. Um, Colorado, another win, 2-0 over Sporting. And then finally, you had a late one. We were probably all in bed. I was at the show. Uh, Portland goes 1-0 over Austin. Austin played them really well, but I think it was like a 70-something second half goal that uh, that stood. So Portland takes that one. 1-0, breaking the uh, the Austin five-goal <laughs> streak, as it were. I mean, we knew it was going to end at some point, so there it is. <laughs> um, any comments on any of those? They still have a nice, nicely padded goal differential. Uh, they do. As we come no into the season, so. That is very true. Well, let's talk a little bit briefly about today. And what I'll do is, since we'll get this thing prepared uh, over uh, the day here, and then Minnesota plays later, 6 p.m. our time, New Daylight Savings time here um, in New York, or New Jersey, technically. But uh, I'll put in some of your post-match commentary, uh, Rodrigo and Bridget. But before we go there, just really quickly, what are some things you're looking for or perhaps scared of in this match? Uh, New York Red Bulls undefeated. Uh, as we can say, Minnesota United, yes, technically they are as well with the two ties. Uh, but this Red Bull team's got some confidence. And I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. We're, we're looking at a squad that potentially um, we have everybody back but Metinair. Uh, Metinair's, I think, still unquestionable. Um, but we can probably expect to see Gasper back, uh, which will move Tabasi back into a center back role and not and not playing um, left yes, back. Yes, please. yes, please. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> yeah. Such a huge difference. I mean, we hopefully we'll see, you know, a bit more of that chemistry between Boxy and Debassi play out um, a little better than the performances that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, I think I think the big thing is just going to be letting that chemistry play out between those front four. I wouldn't expect to see a change up there. Um, we're probably going to see Amarija again, uh, Ray Lude. Fragapane. Um, I wouldn't expect any changes there. And hopefully they'll mix it up a little bit. I mean, obviously every other team knows exactly how to play against this squad. Um, hopefully, like we saw last week where Heath was making changes on the fly. Um, hopefully we'll see that again. I Bongi X factor. Bring it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so if Amaria doesn't get something right away, maybe we see some, some changes going in. It's yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, Aaron Long's been killing it. Amaya has been killing it. I'm so, so happy for Freddie. Yes. He got out of Cincinnati whenever he could. And he did his stint <laughs> and everything. He's like, no, take me away. I'll go wherever. And then now he's playing and, for the Red Bulls. And now he's and doing stuff. well. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I think, I think have we talked about the Kid and Clark factor? <laughs> Uh, God. Go ahead. Has he, got away. I haven't He's, so I haven't been paying much attention to that. Has he really featured much? No, he hasn't got that much playing time, but he yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some playing time against us. Uh, oh yeah. The narrative and, is, but, is too strong. Yeah, the narrative's strong, but he's also saying, you know, it's it, it's gonna be fun playing against them on the um on the on the yeah. pitch. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if Caden Clutter comes in in the 60th minute. And we, we, we have the tendency to leave that area between above the 20-yard line, you know, give that cushion of space. And if he sees the space, he's going to he's gonna whack it from there. And Just I wouldn't be briefly surprised. Just briefly for the listeners that may not know, Caden uh, Clark from so, which suburb? He's from around here in the Twin Cities. He's Twin uh, Cities, yeah. Waconia or one of one of those. Oh, that's not, that that's not, yeah. That, he's from Minnesota. Let's put it that way. There you go. <laughs> yep, yep. There you go. Uh, yes. Um, I'm going to leave it there before I bring too much bad energy. I'm not even going to say it. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting match. And like I said, we'll I'll put it in at the end. So stick around uh, towards the end of the show. We'll do internationals, and then I'll put the bonus stuff there at the end. On uh, We'll jump to the future from what you're listening to right now. <laughs> but... Uh, We'll take a break and do some international stuff. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show in which we dive into international soccer news and updates. And Eric, uh, since you are the only one that keeps track of international stuff, I, I figured you'd be, the, you'd be the best example to let us know what's happened outside of our bubble. Yeah, the, the, the football podcast that doesn't watch football. We're <laughs> crushing it over here. <laughs> That's why they throw off the Patreon dollars at us. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So Champions League, uh, we're into the round of 16, and we, we have uh, we have now got our, our uh, quarterfinalists, in fact, at least on one side. So the dreaded Brazilian score of 7-1, there it is. Uh, Bayern just absolutely pounds uh, Salzburg with an 8-2 aggregate. Um, Lewandowski had a hat trick. They didn't even know they were trying. Like, it, it, I mean, it, it was it, not too dissimilar from the Futures versus the Minneapolis City senior team. That's kind of what this was. <laughs> it was, whew, my goodness. And it was hilarious watching all the commentary when the final score was seven to one. Like, all the Brazil just like covering their eyes, like, no <laughs> trauma, <laughs> flashbacks. Uh, Liverpool Bridget, this one got a little, one got a little tense. Uh, they host and they actually lose uh, late go- inter international internationale uh, goal. They win one nil, but you know there's no more away goal situations, so doesn't really matter. Uh, Liverpool still have the extra from their from their two nil win, so they hang on even though they lose. How, how do you feel about that one? Uh, it was definitely kind of tense. I was not able to watch it because I was at work where my streams no longer seem to work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, watching the live tweets, uh, you know, first half, I'm thinking, yeah, whatever. We'll get a late goal. I'll check the score later, see how many we got. <laughs> and then that is not how it played out. Um, right. But I mean, that's, you, you need a challenge every once in a while. That's all right. And Two one on aggregate's pretty good. It's kind and, of a rough way to advance, though, right? Off of a home loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy that that's the. 
I'm happy that that's the second leg and not the first leg and that, you sure. know, we're not going into the next one like that. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Yep. Yep. Uh, the following day, uh, Man City had a pretty rotated squad because they already had a five goal <laughs> aggregate lead. So they basically played all their B and C Academy kids and they still had a nil-nil tie against uh, Sporting Portugal. Uh, so they're through with that original five goal uh, win for the first time. Then the really interesting match that I got to watch, uh, Real Madrid PSG. This one was on the regular CBS. And the way things started, it looked like PSG was through and we're going to win this thing. Mbappe scores early. Uh, great feed from Neymar. They are up. In fact, at halftime, they're up 1-0 in this, ma- in this match with a 2-0 aggregate. There have not been many teams in Champions League knockout rounds with a 2-0 aggregate lead that are able to come back in 45 minutes, and it happened. It happened in this match. Uh, I don't know what was said in that halftime talk, talk. I don't know what Pochettino yelled or screamed or or maybe it was just Benzema himself that did like the super Saiyan thing and exploded in fire uh, because they come out and Benzema, I think in 10 minutes, he scores two, one's a PK. And then towards the end of the match, 80 something minute, he puts in a third for a hat trick. And your final score is three to one Real Madrid with a three, two aggregate Real Madrid are, are through. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this or not. Maybe this is more for Rodrigo, but over a decade ago, a similar thing like this happened with the other sort of kind of uh, not really Spanish team. I don't know if you remember this, Rodrigo. It was, it was a Guardiola Barcelona one where they were basically out until the last minute. And I think Messi had a brace and somebody else scored and they were able to come down from, from like a, I think they were down similarly whether it was like a two nil or maybe it was even a three nil aggregate and then they put up like four goals in 45 minutes won it and moved on and then lost i think that's right but they did but at least they moved on <laughs> I, l- I love killing yes. your climax it was like oh and they won it's all right like, they lost. They lost and m- most of those are all glory days so that that that, that was a those were good memories but anyway yeah. I- i'm not a real madrid fan I'm even more less of a uh, less of a Benzema fan. We know he's got some questionable skeletons in his closet. Questionable, um, terrible. Okay, terrible. There you go. All right. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, what do I want to say? It's props due. I guess is what I want to say. It's it's. Well, I mean, it's pretty what, incredible. What, what is he ranking on the on the on the scoring? He's like third or fourth, right? He's got like seventy something goals, and then the next person has got eighty something, right? So, in, in the whole competition or in, yeah, in uh, La Liga? CCL, yeah, and, uh, not in La Liga. No, Lu- Lewandowski's got him pretty good. He, oh, Lewandowski's got tons of goals. <laughs> He's got like double digits. I thought I yeah. saw a stat out there. So I might, I might go get that. They looked at, but yeah, no, I mean, Benzema's... Lewandowski's putting up hat tricks like every other match. Like he's oh, yeah. all over the I mean, place. That's why he deserves to be the best player, yeah. right? Oh, wait, yeah. he's not. Oh, thanks, FIFA. Thanks, FIFA. <laughs> Yep. He so, doesn't watch football either. Yeah. That's right. Oh, oh that's beautiful. <laughs> and then and the episode has been named. <laughs> 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 oh 
Beautiful. Um, so quarterfinals there on that side. No surprises whatsoever here. Bayern, Liverpool, Man City, and Real Madrid. That's we'll actually our, not a bad quarterfinal list. So finalists. Yep, we'll get our other four yeah. this week from the from mm-hmm. the other side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, CCL Fever. Pretty good start once again for the uh, MLS teams. I mean, here we are, quarterfinals. NYCFC hosts Comunicaciones from Guatemala. Pretty convincing win, three to one. And then the aforementioned Seattle Seattle Sounders host Leon. Really big win, three nil in Seattle. So they get a travel with a nice cushion. And then the following week, the following day rather, New England also has a big one, three nil over Pumas. And Cruz Azul ultimately beat Montreal 1-0. But, you know, Montreal, for whatever reason, seemed to really uh, really take off and get get into this competition. So I wouldn't put it past them to maybe get that tie and, and or even beat them once they're back in, in is, Canada. So who knows? Is, is Mason Toy playing for Montreal? Is it Vancouver? He's injured. He is? Oh, dang it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. is still he is still in Montreal. Yeah. Yep. Dang it. I was I was hoping to yeah. have a uh mason toy type of uh resurgence but we'll have to wait but i mean look at this you, you have to feel pretty good about these results i think for mls for maybe the first time ever like <laughs> you know three likely going through maybe four well i mean yeah i mean i think mls also this is the first time where we actually had to report training early super mm-hmm. early right so i think that That's helps having just a couple of months off you know, and then coming back and, and, and doing that. But I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's good. We'll see how, um, how the second leg functions, but I mean, if Cruz Azul wakes up and stays and then go on, it, it would be interesting to see what happens. That this is where my bold prediction came from, right? Like if Cruz Azul wins it all. all so, you know. so you want Montreal to get it together, beat them, and then have, have that whole, <laughs> Parallel universe scenario thing. Yeah, I would, I would love itself. to have the the Cruzeiro Peruvian coaches come to the MLS and take over a dying club like Inter Miami, and then just you know, because all the Peruvians love love Miami, and so you know, it'd be you, you imagine that would literally be like the NBA LeBron situation, like the Miami <laughs> Heat situation, right? I mean, you have Rui Diaz. You have, uh, I mean, they're even if it was oh, you're, shoot, you're shooting high, so you think that happens, <laughs> Rui Diaz is going to be like, I'm going down there. Would you imagine, like, this is one of the few times you can say that there's decent amount of players in MLS that are Peruvian heritage and um, enough to be able to make a difference on a team. So it might be enough for them to to uh, sweet talk to uh, Yoshima Yotun, who's still out of contract and playing in Peru. Um, and come back to play specifically if uh, the Peruvian co- coach from Cruz Azul, who also knows him <laughs> and played for him, gets it all back, and we just we we got Voltron, and then just killed MLS league whatsoever. There you go. I love how I'll Rodrigo stop talking. Deep, deep into this fantasy, like it is. It is. You have to. You have to. You have to shoot for something. That's my shot. You do. Can, you do. Can we for a second go back to MLS? Uh, we talked about. Um, Calvo and Gregus for San Jose. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see the goal yesterday um, that Philly oh. put past San Jose? I love them. I love that. Goal. No, no, please though. <laughs> give it, give it to us. Give it to us and the listeners. Guess who did it? <laughs> Frankie strikes again. Um, 
So only put Calvo on your fantasy team like once every three weeks. Uh, he just, was, I thought it was once every three years, but actually, yeah, that would yeah, be more probably, accurate. That's probably more accurate. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just came across Amazing. that video. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's he's the person that because I, I saw the video, but I couldn't tell. Is he the because there's two blonde hair people, so like I couldn't tell. Yeah, he's he's is way he far post uh, person. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. All right. So he runs in late, like after the guy, and yeah. is like chasing him down. Like right. no, he's already then, he has already kicked the ball into the goal. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, because the universe just absolutely hates us. Like Adrian Heath will be around here for like another four or five years, and then when he retires, Francisco Calvo will be Minnesota United's new coach. <laughs> No, no, no. He, he will be. He will be happen. the 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 community outreach. <laughs> respect. We deserve respect. Oh we deserve God. respect. Oh, he'd be like the media. Oh. He'll take over Durkey's job. <laughs> yes. And no one will be allowed to talk to anyone. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> Speaking of not being able to talk to anyone, oh, you guys set me up so well. You, thank you for this, Abramovich. Not being able to talk <laughs> to anyone. He, he is sanctioned by, by England, uh, by the Premier League. So state control of all of his assets. Uh, this is not that big of a surprise. We kind of saw this coming and trying to sell the club before, before this happened. But it's, it's now a thing. Um, <laughs> you now know, they're forcing him they're, to sell the team, right? Is that what the league's going to do? Yep. The, the process was already moving before this, but now it's like it has to happen. And uh, what what sucks is, um, I, I you know, I, I listen to Men and Blazers, and so I get a lot of this stuff from them. And what Raj was basically saying is they're effectively under a um, a uh, transfer ban right now, Chelsea, which which is terrible, which really sucks for the team. Well, and they their credits frozen too. I mean, none of the guys, right. none of the employees are getting paid right now. The players, the you know, stadium staff, all those people. So. Everything, oh, awesome. everything has essentially been stalled out. Other than you know, they still so, have to play games like nothing's happening. So Chelsea yep. is beginning to realize what it's like to be a Division Two uh, soccer team in Latin America, where no one gets paid <laughs> kind of. for like six months. Yeah, it's great. Kind of share the pain. Yep. That's what I say. There you go. All right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to save this one for the good news. I, I put it in as an early good news. So remind me to come back to this one. I'll, I'll, I'll skip that. Let's go to um, Comebol. Feminine. We have a lot of stuff to talk about here, actually. I forgot to put in earlier that the, the U17 Feminina has been going on for Puerto Rico like a month now? Close to a month, right? Um, Maybe a couple weeks. No, it's been like two weeks, I think. Okay, there you go. So we are into semifinals now. And what's cool about this tournament, um, again, there's not that many teams with, with, uh, with Colmebol, but you've got uh, Colombia, Chile, Brazil, and Paraguay left. And rather than um, like a split kind of bracket, like we're kind of used to in, in these knockout tournaments, all four of these teams play each other once. And that's how they're going to determine who goes to the yeah, uh, round robin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. A round robin, which is kind of sweet. Which is kind of like so that's how we'll figure out our finalists. Original like Copa, Copa America and Copa, Copa America. You got it. And they would do, they would do that. Yeah. No, I'm just, you know, like maybe I'm just so used to Coma Bowl setting such a low bar for for uh women's soccer that you know i'm happy that this is happening 
um i don't even know where they're streaming it out of and so that's one thing I, i'm watching it like i watch the highlights I, on on, yep. on on youtube because i subscribe to the comable youtube channel so if you are interested you can watch the highlights on there and i'm hoping that they'll comable the instagram has been really good too about it that's where i've been getting them where comable instagram okay so yeah so yep. that's the thing too is like and so like i got to watch some of the highlights and like you know, it's like, you know, it, it's good that they're doing this. And, and and I'm just hoping that this is something that stays constant. Because totally. a lot of the problems with a lot of this is that, you know, um, it's not constant enough. But also the accessibility and pay of players. Like, we still have players who don't have a, a, a place to really practice at and have to pay for their own training and equipment. And I'd be like, you know, comable, step the F up and just, you know, provide that at least a minimum yep. bare minimum a place to practice and a place to and and just equipment for them to be able to use you know and it's just yep. we've also got the uh the u20 and that hasn't started yet that's going to go down uh april 6th so in a couple of weeks we'll get started there um that's in chile and in group a you've got chile colombia venezuela argentina and peru and b is brazil paraguay ecuador Uruguay, Bolivia, pretty much exact same format as the 17 we just talked about. And then also around Robin to, to get to the final, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, from the games that I got to sort of watch is uh, Colombia and Ecuador are pretty decent teams. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. Argentina is always, you know, up and on them. And so is Brazil. So that should be a really interesting way. But, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Paraguay out yet. So we'll see how nope. they work out. So this should be someone to watch. Let's do a brief EPL yesterday. Um, Bridget, uh, you got Brighton hosting Liverpool, uh, 2-0 win. Though The one thing I noticed from this one, just watching some of the highlights, was that first goal, Diaz. Um, great feed. I can't remember who, who made that assist. He gets a 1v1 with the keep. He scores the goal, but almost gets a flying sidekick in the face and ends up kind of being a knee. Oof, just brutal. I mean, it, it goes to VAR and, and Liverpool's screaming for the red card, but the keeper is, he's like, he's flummoxed. He feels terrible. Like you could tell there's like, there's, he, he feel he feels really genuinely bad. And he, and he's like, you know, if I get the red, I get the red. And, and I don't know if that influenced or not, but it was kind of cool just to see him, express like all that emotion and and maybe that's what prevents him from getting red carded i don't know go ahead my computer is muting me on its own that's okay but yes possibly, i mean possibly uh i'm not sure how much that really plays into it but um no it, it is good to see that when they're yeah those things happen and uh, sometimes you just can't avoid it. Um, no, he's been, Luis Diaz has been fantastic since coming on the squad. Um, one of the, I didn't, so I didn't see the whole game, watch the highlights. One thing I kept seeing was, uh, Andy Robertson has to keep like someone described him as the bouncer. Um, cause as Mo Salah is taking a penalty kick, he's, standing between Mo and, and a defender who is just heckling the hell out of him. Um, so Bravo gets, gets in there and stands between them and uh, basically makes a little security line around Sala. And it was kind of huh. 
it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, it was fun match and mm-hmm. potentially should have been a red, but yeah, I mean, no, no real harm done. He's okay. And uh, those things happen. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Man U 3-2 over Tottenham and then Brentford 2-0 over Burnley. Let's do let's do a Caratero update, Rodrigo. I'll throw to you some of the uh, fallout of every, I think most people at this point know what happened. We covered it last week with the, the tragedy and the violence and everything. So uh, where do things stand right now? Uh, well, um, for what we know, currently, I believe five of the referees that were in charge of that match have been suspended. Um, the determined amount of time is unclear, but they are suspended. Um, I think that's one small step into that. We've also had um, financial uh, stuff happen to both clubs, mostly Querétaro. Querétaro will literally play without a any fans whatsoever for the next year. Um, Atlas will be playing uh six months without their fans and so that's 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 one thing um the and, and i was unclear on this whole like uh board of directors for Querétaro. they are banned but banned from what is 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 still unclear like i don't know how you how you ban someone and then you know you are not to... allowed to have board meetings for the right. next year. i mean like that's awesome I, I welcome not having board meetings you know like i'd be like yay no you're board all like meetings. damn okay i know so it's like it's like i don't i don't get it but like it's it's just i thought it you know people have said to me that you know that they feel some people feel that these these um these these actions are adequate and I, I, I disagree, right? Um, so, for example, um, if we were to look, the current stuff is Querétaro, of course, forfeited that that match uh, versus Atlas, so it's a 3-0 loss. A one-year closed-door stadium ban for every division of Querétaro teams, so that's all divisions. I don't know how many division teams they have. Querétaro supporting groups banned from home matches for three years and away matches for one year in the legal max. Um Economic sanctions of 1.5 million pesos of Querétaro. So that's what, like, I don't know, $500,000, right? Maybe um, if you go to three, a three to one ratio type of thing, right? Um, uh, and those found guilty of violence are banned for life from all Mexican stadiums. The Atlas SG is banned uh, uh, away matches for six months and current Querétaro ownership will be banned for five years. And I'm like, Banned from what? Like I, I don't get it. Like what does that happen? But that's what we have. In addition to the suspension of the referees, they're still saying that there's no deaths, uh, but there's still people in critical condition, and we don't know how long critical condition will last, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't so, be... some of those images and video refute that. And yeah, again, please, I mean, please stay away from it. It's very graphic, and I I just saw a little bit, and it was too much. So. Yeah, I, I think personally, like I would have, you know, this is not only and we've talked about this in, in depth and um, that this is not only on the supporter groups and the clubs, but also the league, like the league admits that they, they didn't have enough security or they didn't have the right protocols. But that's that's on them because they approved the rules of what security looks like. Right. And I think that's that's the big, big thing that happens like 
what is going to happen to Liga MX, specifically the person yeah. who is in charge of dealing with security aspect of it, right? I mean, like, in you know, honestly, let's think about it, right? Like, let's think about it. You are getting paid minimum wage, and perhaps you get, I don't know, uh, pepper spray as a resort of tool in case something becomes a, you know, and and what are those, like, the plastic handcuff thingies, right? You know, if, if you need to use them, right? But then you have, like, 30 people who took apart the seats and they're coming right at your door. What are you going to do? It's like, literally, what, what, what are you, what do you, what do you think you're going to stand there and try to know? Most people are going to either run away or let them do what they want to do because you can't control that. Right. I mean, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, you're kind of alluding to it. So what do you think? Cause, cause right now, and, and, and Bridget, you mentioned this before we started recording, um, how they're coming down really hard on the fans, but the club, the Mexican Federation, we haven't seen a lot there. So what do you think should happen in terms of a, a larger consequence? Should something come down on FAMEFA? Should something, for example, do, you know, there's rumors of trying to pull them from the, what would it be, the 2024 World Cup North America thing. I mean, that that's a long shot. It is. But maybe yeah. that's that's the that's the thing. I don't know. Go ahead. I, I think it's it, it has to be something drastic, right? I think... Um, this is this is a league who who already has the anti-homophobic chant issue for years, and now they're beginning to take certain steps. I think for me, and this is something to do that kind of refers to you know how La Liga is kind of. I think a, a redistribution not of wealth, but of like uh, a redistribution of security would be would be a, a good way to start. I think one of the things is too is that. I've watched way too many um, soccer supporter groups uh, in Argentina Netflix series in which they function like the mafia. So like, I think there needs to be a conversation as to what supporter groups are real role are in the aspect of the relationship with the club. Right. Cause they're, cause I've heard it and I've experienced it in the aspect of like, you know, um, they will literally, give them tickets for free or a supreme discount for people to be able to show up, but they don't really monitor what they're, what they'll be doing. And there's no real, no one really knows what the protocol is. Like if you're a supporter group member and all of a sudden you do something bad, what happens to them? Right. I mean, here they're banning people, but they're saying they're not doing it. Right. But I think the distribution of security is one of the things. If what happens at Stadio Azteca the type of security you get that you should be able to get similar to things in all these stadiums. And if, and if the reason is because, you know, a club doesn't have that much money to be able to pay for security, then there should be some sort of funding that they can get to in order to be able to prevent from things like this to happen. And I think at the same time, um, the, the, the La Liga needs to tr- truly say and truly step up on how they're going to take uh, security. They, they're, they're all talking now about, uh, and this talk, and we heard about this talk when they were when Mexico got banned for a game for the homophobic chant. Uh, that they're going to try to, you know, have a ticket system in which they can recognize who it is and facial recognize. For that's great. You want to do that? Great, but that's going to take a lot of money, and I don't know how that's going to work. Specifically, if you have smaller teams like Querétaro or the people who or the teams that are coming up from relegation, right? Um, from the other from the second division league or teams are going down to relegation, how is this really going to affect? You're just handling the issue as it is right now and not really looking at the bigger impact of 
of what this needs to be. And Mexico has an opportunity to be a leader in the situation. And who knows if they will be or will not. But the history says that more than likely they're just going to fix this one issue for this amount of time to be able to get the bid to the World Cup and then figure it out from there. Yeah, I think what I would add to you got to be super careful with uh, with security apparatus or apparati um, because it may start as a well-intentioned kind of thing in, the, in this case, but ultimately the state will always abuse that and it will be used against other people, uh, specifically against more radical left-wing type uh, folks. Um, so that yes, you, you can say, you know, we're doing this to protect against the, the Bravas and whatever, but then somebody walks in with say three arrows pointed down and a flag and all of a sudden stormtroopers are gonna just take them down and beat the crap out of them because they're in a gang or whatever excuse they're gonna make. This happens throughout history and always, it is, it is just, it's always the way it goes. So we need to be a little bit careful when we talk about, you know, beefing up security and what that might ultimately mean. It just needs to be consistent. I mean, there, there needs to be a, like a minimum level for every club and every match. And if you can't meet that level, you reschedule a game or, you know, you, you don't play, especially a game like this rivalry game where, you know, something's going to happen. And they, they had some security. I mean, they, they were standing outside the stadium and not inside. Um, but there needs to be like some sort of minimum just to, uh, just to safeguard even, even as far as the players go. I mean, we saw them speaking out right away and saying, Hey, we need to, you know, put when, when play continued through the weekend and, you know, with the league acting like it had never happened, um, players were, were saying, Hey, we need to like put this on hold and figure out what's going on. And, um, when you, when you start seeing that, and it's not just like, you know, it's not just affecting fans in the stands. Um, I think the players getting involved with that, if they continue to do so, if they're allowed to continue to do so, um, might actually help a little bit, but yeah, it is kind of a, um, you need more security, but you also, you know, you don't want, uh, that much i mean right. we, yeah we've seen it's, that it's, here it's, it's that's right it's that's a, what i was gonna say it's, it's the hammer the hammer and the nail thing right yeah, all, all exactly. of a sudden everything looks like a nail but yes it's a tough situation like i what do you do it's really it's really sticky it's tough you you do you know just play closed doors that's a whole league there you go that's what you do yeah. and you and you and that way you you, you figure that out i mean like if you look at it, you know, like I've always been thankful that uh, when I, and at least here in the United States, when you go to a soccer match game, I don't have to deal with fences, right? Dividing the supporter sections and the rest of the stadium, right? Like that's, that's, that's a reality in all of Latin America. You're going to find some of that, right? And that's just, again, that's criminalizing the supporters groups, which some of them do have that, that integration into it and some of them don't but at the same time like here in the united states like there isn't that and i appreciate that right and i'm glad for that but at the same time there has to be a reasoning because why how, how is that working here and not working everywhere else right that's that's kind of the conversation that also needs to it. it it it's a long complicated issue that we can probably do a 45 hour yeah. talk on <laughs> ted talk and, 
Yeah. And, and, and I, I would just add four now, dot, dot, dot. That's the way it is. But I mean, there's, change. There, we don't use fences in MLS, but there are, when there's a, a traveling supporters group, there is a buffer zone. Um, right. You know, they, they won't sell tickets to the section between the supporting fans, between the home supporters and the away supporters. Obviously, once you get out of the stands, I mean, you can mix right in with, with everyone else. But, I mean, there is, you know, some safeguarding uh, security standing in between. Um, just speaking of the two away matches that I've been to most recently, Denver a few years ago, Portland uh, right before COVID hit, um, the sections between the away visitors the away or away supporters, um, there was always a, an empty section between them and and the home crowd. And mm -hmm. I mean, once the game ends, you you walk out together, and and there might be a fight or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't needed we haven't needed the fences, and I kind of hope that you know they don't look at what happened there and and say that you know we need to start doing that. But totally, yeah, I, like I said last week, I mean, you start you know, caging people up like animals in the stadium. And eventually some people are going to start acting like animals. Um, just kind of how it goes. And exactly. it, it doesn't need to be that way, but that's, it's not just the fans who make it that way. I mean, the league allows it to get to that level. True. Well, let's wrap up with our good news segment. So we have some positivity here. Uh, I'll start here and I'll give it to you, Bridget. So, uh, the legend Formiga, who is still playing, by the way. I can't remember what division <laughs> in Brazil she's in. Because, Bridget, you put this in our in our Slack chat. Like, she's 45, yeah. 6? I can't even remember how yeah. old she is now. Something like and that. And still still taking ankles. Like, there's this just great video that you posted of her making this cut and watching the defender just, like, fall <laughs> over and, like, almost do the splits. And I'm like, man, 46, and she's still just putting these moves on people. Amazing. Um, so she is the, going to be the first – woman ever in the Calçada da Fama in the Mineiro, which is like this, um, when you walk into the stadium, well, you're in the stadium or around the stadium, they have, um, they have, uh, what do you call it? Footprints in uh, bronze. I think it's bronze, some metal of all these famous players. So obviously like the very first one is Pele because of course, and I've actually got a photo with Pele's footprints at the Mineiro from when I was, I was little, eight years old, maybe. I'm not sure if it's here or, or my parents, I'll see if I can dig it up. But then from there, there's many, many other players as well as, as you walk along and around the stadium. So couldn't be a better first woman football footballista than Formiga to kind of start this new trend. So parabéns para ela, congratulations. Pretty huge honor. Well, well deserved. And now, Bridget, you have West Ham. Yeah, so we're—I mean—we're still seeing the the support for Ukraine and UK, Ukrainian players throughout the uh, football world. Um, West Ham this morning is playing against Aston Villa uh, in the 70th minute. It's still zero-zero. West Ham's at home. Um, Andrei Yarmolenko had his first appearance for West Ham uh, since the invasion. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about some players. Um, not playing and just, you know, taking some time uh, to, to get in touch with their families and check in on things. Um, so he comes back in uh, and in, in the 70th minute, he gets his, 
his first goal since um, since the invasion. Really nice goal too. Uh, he goes right to the corner to celebrate, and his his entire team and um, a few of the Aston Villa players as well kind of crowd around him, and uh, he dropped to his knees to pray and cry, and they all kind of cried with him. Um, Let me and see if I can find that video. I uh, I think I no I didn't drop it in the notes. I can though. The Athletic posted one. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really nice video, and and the entire stadium erupted. And you know, it wasn't just goal calls. It was it was for him. So it was that was really cool to see. So that was the go ahead goal for West Ham, one uh, zero there over Aston Villa. Oh, I've got it. I'm watching it right now. How cool is that? A really nice goal too. Very nice. All right. Well, that is a great way to end this thing. Um, Thank you, as always. Bridget Rodrigo, thank you, listeners, for sticking around and listening. After this, we'll have a few more bonus minutes, so stay tuned for the the updates, as it were, of the match that's going to happen later. Uh, You can support us at Patreon, patreon.com backslash mnfootballshow. And that's all I got. You can go see live shows, guys. This is amazing. I love it so much. I'm already planning like Apocalyptica's coming in April, Deftones coming in May. What up? Very nice. You, you reached that level, right? Yeah. I was masked. I will say that. I, we, at least uh, my wife and I both wore a mask. It was probably mostly non masked, but there were a good number of people. I think it was probably yeah. three quarters, three quarters to a quarter or something like that. I think that. when I took- everyone's vaccinated, yes. They yeah. had the, the vax mandate thing. Yep. And that's the thing, too, is like, for example, like yesterday, I went to Wes's belated birthday party at the Black Cart just for a little bit. And so, like, they were asking for Vax cards. So that gives me that sense of security to deal with my anxiety. So I was like, yeah. And then I could only last 45 minutes before I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go home. So, you know, it's hard. Be- it really is. I mean, that's why I still, I still messed up. But I mean, slowly but surely. Yeah. Yep. Progress. It's funny. I, I keep watching Bigotes trying to go into their water or food bowl in the background. <laughs> And like his whole like head disappears, and I feel like they 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 feel they're gonna fall into like some sort of like you know Alice in Wonder rabbit hole because like I feel like he's gonna get something. Yep, like it goes all the way in. You're like, wow. I was like, you know. oh, yeah, I get, I get right there. Yeah, <laughs> you see it. <laughs> and every like, once in a while, he cop. pops his head up, like, oh, what's going on out there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, you can't see this one, but it's it's entertaining now that I know what they're it talking is. about. All right, so stick around. We'll add in the uh, the post loons commentary from our esteemed uh, from the esteemed co-hosts here, and uh, we'll get that to you as well. But what do you got? I guess we I guess we have to watch some football tonight then. Yeah, apparently we have Please. to. You know. We'll see how far, far we get into low. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens with the loons. I mean, I. Don't expect them. I mean, a tie is great, I think, but it looks bad. But yes, it'd be wonderful, honestly, yeah. to get out of there Points. with a tie. Point Points. is good, right? Yeah. Anyone? You I don't think get. anyone's been eliminated yet from Bruce McGuire's point thingy game. So I don't I, think so. So yeah, we still got. Oh, hope, that's one so. thing I miss. I guess I mean I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Not that I was ever close anyway. So whatever. Yeah, I was always the the negative first person. So you know. Four points, Same. four or five points. Yep. So we'll see. 
but yeah enjoy it it's like technically it's like 36 degrees outside right now it's going to be like 45 yeah. today i'm gonna i'm gonna soak right. in the sun and, and and try to get rid of this whiteness that i my body's turned into so <laughs> all right we'll sign off here and add some more so ciao ciao bye As alluded to, here is some bonus post-match New York Red Bulls hosting Minnesota United. Um, interesting one. Not what I expected at all. Extremely beat up back line once again with Dotson shifting to fullback. You had uh, Adiaga in the midfield. Taylor gets the start as well. DSC in keeper as keeper gets the start. Uh, there is the narrative. There is the... Huge surprise, uh, DSC essentially standing on his head. Phenomenal match. Uh, a whole bunch of saves, three enormous saves, and the big one, of course, being the penalty kick uh, in the 13th, 14th minute with Hassani Dotson. I think I bonked in the hand. Sets it up. Huge save. Huge save. Uh, from what I could gather, first half was mostly Red Bull, and Minnesota United had a couple chances, but they were lucky to grind out uh, nil-nil halftime. And then we go to the 51st with uh, Amaria Sugaray. He just wants to fly. Big goal. Big goal. He owes us 20 more. I'll let uh, the other two spend a little bit more time on that. And Bongi comes in. Fraga goes off limping. We'll see what's going on there. Dotson once again uh, in a bit of a handball situation in the 83rd. Uh, crowd clearly thinks it's a handball. Ref says play on. And here we are once again in a similar Minnesota United situation where did the team play well or were they very lucky? And uh, I think luck once again played a huge, huge role as they escape another handball and uh, really a huge onslaught of uh, Red Bull offense as they bring in all these offensive substitutes. And of course, Minnesota puts in all the defensive substitutes. They grind it out. It wasn't pretty. Uh, it was gritty. But uh, they win 1-0. In New Jersey, I, I have to admit, I did not expect this. I thought it was going to be either a loss or a tie. Uh, I stand corrected. I will eat my words, and I'll pass it off to my comrades. And the Loons pull off a great win. 1-0 over the Red Bulls, over Ken Clark and company. But uh, we knew this was going to be a very tough game, and we started with the uh, with uh with with really being on receiving on the heavy end of uh of attacks from the Red Bulls and I think that's one of the things I think uh if you look at the overall it was 18 shots to 5 possession was 51% Minnesota 49% uh Red Bulls and um overall you know the first half was just um being able to contain the bombardment of of attack um because our our outlet was in the in in the um counter, and that was pretty clear um we've had two two chances in the first half Reynoso really could have could have um could have scored that one if it, if it wasn't for them, but we knew that was going to be happening and i think it if 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 um you know it was really great of of Dane St Clair to be able to make those stops and the penalty shot 
Uh, I mean, it's always a, a boost. You always feel that when you are able to stop a PK that you actually steal points. And we this is totally a position where we stole the points. And I, I think we deserve to in that sense. I think the second half um, was... was um, Predict showed that, and I think also Kevin Ariaga, like like we said, you put him in there, he's going to be able to to play right, and um and he was able to do cover so much ground, and I think that's one of the things that he's like, he's got energy, he's got skill, but he can cover so much ground. He's very physical, and you, I think that's one of the things that you were trying to do against this Red Bull teams frustrate them because they surely were frustrating Reynoso trying to get to the ball, um, you know I think. Um, uh, the set piece no, I mean it was a set piece it was a corner that the ball got recycled back out and Dotson very smartly so put it back in and we've we've seen Amarilla take shots volleys and half volleys and last game had a half volley that should have gone in almost and then here he takes a half volley again and takes a volley again and just takes the ball in and scores in the back of the net um, the ball was um re-put into by Dotson, so it totally moved the defense and it goes to the back post uh, where where Luis was waiting for the ball, in a sense. I think that was a great counter. There were other situations where we could have scored again. We have probably two to three situations in the second half where we could have scored, but defensively, there was a lot of um, great things that uh, were done. Gritty, gritty defense. DSC had like eight saves, Right with the PK including, I mean that you don't, you don't dial that up every day, right? You don't expect that out of your goalkeeper every day, but I I, I do think that um, you know we were we were the fortunate ones in the aspect and deserve this win. So um, it's gonna be fun being at Allianz, hopefully um, you know soon, and then um, trying to see what Gregush and Calvo can do against us. All right, hope you all have a good day and go loons.